Zashir on Likutei Sichais, Chelek Yutes. That's book 19. The Sicha of Igeres HaTshuva. There's a series beginning of, um, it's based on the Alter Rebbe's Tanya, the letter of Teshuva. The third part of Tanya which speaks about Teshuva. And this is based on talks the Rebbe gave in a series of weeks on the notations on Tanya that his father Rav HaGohan, Rav HaMakubal, Rav Levi Yitzchak um, noted on the margins of his Tanya, taking into account, as Rebbe points out later in the Sicha, that he had a shortage of paper, shortage of, of, of ink, and he wrote shorthand, he wrote on the margins, and therefore um, he wrote briefly. The Rebbe expanded and unpacked, using today's language, unzipped, as if all the... Um, deeper content that was there in those notes um, the Rebbe gave spoke about it and then was Magia edited those sikhs <coughs> Aleph, the Kviyas from Nesimba of the time of the 20th of all, which is the day of passing of the Rebbe's father comes out in many years in the week that the Shabbos following that is the Shabbos that blesses the month of Elul the month of Elul is connected with Shuvah so we're going to learn the first order, the first notation from the one whose yard site it is on the 20th of Av, the Rebbe's father of Igeres HaTshuva. So in Igeres HaTshuva, the Alter Rebbe brings the opinion that somebody who violated to transgress the same sin several times <clears throat> has to fast the amount of fast corresponding to the amount of times that he, that he sinned. Yeah. For every sin there's an allotted amount of fast and he has to fast that allotted number per how many times he sinned. I just want to make a very, very important um, introduction to this concept of fasting. We're going to be talking a lot about fasting. The Alter Rebbe says that, that the fasting was spoken about mostly in the time of the Talmud. In our generation, says the Rebbe, a little bit more than 200 years, says the Alter Rebbe, a little bit more than 200 years ago, when we're no longer so strong, fasting is not the thing we should choose. We should choose tzedakah. The Rebbe in our generation totally was adamantly against fasting other, of course, than the fasts that we are mandated to do according to Shulchan Aruch. Obviously, Yom Kippur is a biblical fast, and then we have a fast based on the prophets from Tisha B'Av, and then we have the other fasts. Anyway, but those fasts are fasts that we need to fast, again, unless there's, uh, there's issues of health and so on. But many other fasts, multiple other fasts that are spoken about in Jewish tradition, and Jewish law, and Allah and Gemara, and so on, <coughs> the Gemara itself says that somebody who fasts and not able to is actually sinful because he's, um, he's not uh, going to be serving Hashem in the way he can. And the Rebbe said, in our generation, fasting is totally out. Our, our, to disrupt our, our bodies in that way is not beneficial. First of all, we're weaker. Um, second of all, I don't know if I've seen this, heard this directly in the name of the Rebbe, but I'm going to put it in there anyway. I've heard it. I definitely heard it from uh, Mashpiyim. Uh, when somebody, if the point of being of fasting is to be smaller and allow Hashem in more. All too often, people that fast when they're not obligated, in other words, fasts of, uh, of, of optional fasts, they start feeling bigger, they start feeling more egoistic. So the whole point of the fast may, perhaps may be lost. At any rate, we know that people call fasting today, by the way, there's a big movement today of intermittent fasting and things like that. That's not real fasting, according to Halach, because you're drinking. And drinking is a very important part of those um, cleansing fasts or whatever it is. We were talking about not eating and not drinking, really uh, restraining the body from any intake, any not just nutritional, but even any uh, drinking. And that 
again, we have to emphasize that the Rebbe said in our generation, that's not our deal. Except for the fast that the Jew has to do according to Shulchan Aruch, other fasts get the Rebbe discouraged again and again. Okay, let's now learn the content matter here about the fast. So for example, if somebody um, sinned a particular sin 20, 10 or 20 times, he has to fast 10 or 20 times, for example, um, if he, if he sinned a particular sin, which is called Moitzi Zara Levatala, that he wastefully emitted seed, so there, there's an 84 fasts prescribed for cleansing. So if somebody did it several times, and the al uses the language, if he did it 10 or 20 times, he's going to have to fast 10 or 20 times the amount of 84 fasts. And v'chein le'elam, and so ongoing. So Rebbe's father explains in his notes on Tanya, that the Al-Tarebbe says the example, for example, 10 or 20 times, why does he use that, those numbers? Because the blemish that is done through the sin, uh, that particular sin, is in Chochmah, is in the mind, in the first level of mind, first level of Seich, which is Chochmah. As you'll say later in the Geras HaTshuva, that the, this particular sin blemishes, um, has its negative effect on the mind. By saying mind, he means mainly the mayach ha-chochma, the first level of mayach. And we know that this fits with 10 or 20. Why? Because the, the, the level of chachma is represented by the yud. When we take the four letters of the name of Hashem, put it into spheres, so the letter yud is chachma. And the letter yud, when we say, it's spelled out just one little dot, like a yud. And when we spell out yud, yud, it's yud vav dalet. That's how you spell the word yud, like Y-U-D. No, the yud is the vav dalet. And so that is, so Yud has a gematria of 10, but then when you spell it out, the Vav and the Dalit, Vav is 6, Dalit is 4, so you have another 10, so you have 20. That's why I use the example of 10 or 20 times. So we have to understand, as the Rebbe, this opinion that's being brought here that the Alter Rebbe says that he has to fast, the amount of times that he sinned, has to do with all sins. This sin of wasteful omission is only brought as an example. For example, somebody who did that sin that has 84 fasts attached to the tshuva, Okay, but why does he, therefore, if he's just using it as an example, why does he bring um, a, a, a 10 or 20, which tells you, which hints at the fact that this particular sin affects Chochmah? It's just, a, it's just a, an arbitrary example brought. Even, even stronger question, says the Rebbe. The, the fact that, my, that the, the Rebbe's father takes 10 or 20 and makes a point of, of looking into it and finding out why the Alter Rebbe used 10 or 20, <clears throat> it's not because he said that number, he didn't say another number. Well, then if he said that number and he could have said the Chvez 15, um, so you say, okay, he gave the number because that fits the particular sin he's talking about. But really the question is that there's no need to give a number. He says, you have to fast. He could have just said, you have to fast 84 for each time. Why give a number at, at, at all? And so really, the overall, the overarching question here is, how is it possible to say, Al-Tarebbe adds a marshal. He adds a, uh, to tell you, for example, which sin. And then he tells you 10 or 20 times to tell you, to hint to you which, where that sin is affecting when the whole sin didn't need to be brought. In other words, Al-Tarebbe could have, for, for telling us this argument that he's about to introduce in Tanya, that if you did a particular sin several times as an argument, you, fight, you, you fast once, you fast three times, you fast as many times as you sinned, he didn't even have to bring an example of any sin. 
And if he did bring an example of a sin, he doesn't have to say 10 or 20 times to give you more information about that sin. This is not the place where he's explaining the, 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 uh, you know, the effect of the sin. So that's a, a, a general question, which God, the Rebbe's father doesn't address. Similarly, paragraph 3, similar to this diok uh, that uh, we're saying, to this, uh, why does Alter Rebbe have to bring 10 or 20? That's the question that my father, he says, stood on, and, and, I'm, and I'm asking. So he said, but there's another question, says the Rebbe, which my father doesn't uh, um, comment on. Why does he have to, the question we just mentioned, why does he have to even bring an example of a particular sin? If he just said, if you sinned, whatever sin it is, you'll have to fast the amount of times that you violated without giving any example of a sin. Also, we have to understand, when he says afterwards, if, you, if he sinned many time, multiple times, example, 10 or 20 times, he has to fast that amount of times, 84 fasts, and then he says, and so onwards, so as many times, ongoing, just do the same mathematics. You did it more than 10 or 20 times, you have to fast. More than 10 or 20 times, 84 fast. I mean, what's, what's the, what's the Rebbe adding here? We know how to, we get the concept. You did 10 or 20, you fast 10 or 20 times. And so it would be, uh, you know, just keep on doing the maths and multiplying. Paragraph 4. In this particular notes from the Rebbe's father, he adds in a parenthesis another point that he points out in the Tanya. In the same parak further, the Al-Tarebbe says that anybody who's a pious person should be stringent upon himself to at least once during the lifetime fast the amount of times prescribed for that particular sin. <clears throat> Especially for the sins, particularly for the sins that are stringent, that there's a, a, a punishment attached to them, death, uh, even if it's death by heaven, in other words, not that he gets get based in, but is liable to lose his life. It's in, in, from the perspective of heaven, but those kinds of stringent sins, a person should at least fast once in a lifetime the amount of fasts that are prescribed. For example, for wasteful emission, 84 fasts at least one time during his lifetime. And he can push them off, and he can fast approximately 10 fasts during every winter. Remember in the Russia, the winter, the day starts very late. The night comes very early, so in the January or so, and in the, in the, in the depth of the winter, the fast could be a much shorter fast. So choose, and he says, every winter you could take care of approximately 10 fasts. So the Rebbe's father says, the fact that he says 10 fasts, and because 10 is also, because Eser is 10. And the Yud, remember we said, um, Yud is Chachma, right? So, but here the Rebbe says, there's an even greater question, like we asked before, why does he have to at all bring an example of which particular sin? It's simple mathematics, you don't have to say which sin. Also, we have to understand, since the letter Yud is, remember we just said, Yud is 10, but it's also 20. Why here doesn't Alter Rebbe say you could fast in one winter, 10 or 20? Paragraph 5. The Rebbe says, we've already spoken many times that my father's notes on the Zoya and the Tanya, so for various reasons, and also because there was a shortage of paper and ink, he wrote very, very short. He wrote very with brevity. And when you learn it, however, with a proper um, attention, you see that through the things he wrote, many que other questions are answered other than the things he addressed ex uh, uh, particularly. And sometimes, even in other places in Torah, things he said here have become answered based on the little snippets and notes that he gave, because they're very deep. Um, and usually, even more than that, usually it looks like his notes are the nuances of the languages, and things like that. Not, the, not talking about the general topic, but we see that in many of them, when you really think into what the Rebbe's father is saying, 
in, 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 in depth, you see that these terse notes that are explaining just uh, nuances in the language mostly, they really give a, a whole new view on the general topic there we're talking about. Similarly here, even though he's just talking about why the Al-Tarebbe says 10 or 20, but this note that he makes will explain also many other things also that answer the questions we just raised. More than that, through this Ha'ara we get to see the whole general perspective on why one would have to um, fast the amount of times for the sin he sinned, and also why some why Balnefer, somebody who's pious, should at least try once in his lifetime to to you know to finish the amount of fasts at least one time. So listen here, paragraph six. The Rebbe says we could say the explanation that all this is following. Generally speaking, every time one does a sin, there's three levels of um, blemish that are affected. And therefore, when we're talking about the rectification, about teshuva, well, wiping off that effect, there's also three levels of teshuva. So, first of all, every the first general level of sin is, with every sin, there's a violation of the commandment of the Hashem, who's the king of the king of all kings. And that's the basic content of every Avera. <coughs> Through every Avera, you did something, you violated Hashem's instruction. He said, don't eat this, and you ate it. You violated His instruction. That's doesn't matter what you ate. The, the, the individual uh, details of the prohibition you, 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 you transgress, that's already details. But the basic thing is you transgress his, pro, his instruction, whatever it may be. And by the way, that's also if you didn't perform what he told you to do. You walked by that day without doing the thing he said, I want you tomorrow to do this, and then you didn't do it. So you violated his instruction. In other words, you took for, uh, uh, off from yourself the yoke of heaven, and through that you become what is called a Roshi, you become somebody who's violated Hashem, you become wicked, bad. The way you fix that is, and it's very important, listen carefully here, this is the basis of Teshuvah. The basis of Teshuvah is, I'm going to quote the Tanya, Shiyazev that the sinner stops doing what he's doing, sinful behavior, and he makes a resolve in his heart that he won't do it anymore. The, the Lashon of Tanya is, that's the Lashon of the Rama. The Lashon of Tanya never brings in the brackets. She shalal, then he makes a, 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 with a firm heart, he makes a resolve, not to go back to that mistaken path. to rebel in the kingship of Hashem. And won't violate anymore the instruction of the king. So that's a, that's not, that's not talking about remorse. That's talking about embarking on a new path, not doing that sin. So through the, the resolve and the acceptance that the future won't be as he had done in the past, well, that's the essence of tshuva. Not about the past, about going forward. Immediately he leaves this classification of being called a rasha. It can even be one moment. How do we know this? The Gemara and Paschim say, if somebody, um, fascinating Allah, if somebody gives a ring to a woman and says, you are betrothed to me on the st- with the stipulation that I'm a tzaddik, even if everybody knows this guy's a rush, this guy's very wicked, we say that we have to be suspect, we have to, not be suspect, we have to consider this woman to be bound with kiddushin, to be betrothed to him at least, possibly, she won't be able to get married to anybody else without getting a get. Why? Well, we know he's a bad person. He said that the, the, the betrothal is only on the condition, hinged on him being a tzaddik. Because maybe he thought Teshuvah says halacha. In other words, if he made a strong resolve that going forward is going to be good, so now he's considered like a tzaddik. So immediately, you can take away the, that general blemish. 
However, there's another aspect. Because when we talk about um, the, this is a, 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 a conceptual concept, the limbs of the soul. So we know just like, you know, there's full integration, our bodies are fully integrated, all the, uh, all the limbs and all the parts of the body are linked with each other and they interact with each other. So similarly here, we talk about the mitzvahs, the 613 mitzvahs, as corresponding, corresponding to that, the 613, so to speak, uh, we're going to call them limbs of the soul. So through not doing a mitzvah saseh or through violating a negative commandment, so there becomes a blemish and a lack in that particular, um, in that particular limb that he sinned in, right? In order to fix that limb that, that's been blemished through the sin that was affected by it, he has to do, remember we said teshuva is right away, the moment he walks away and says, I'm going to be good, that's teshuva. But now we have to, if we want to talk about fixing the blemish, so there's, uh, you know, there's tools of teshuva, which, first of all, there's this tool that's relevant to this particular sin that's going to deal with the blemish that was made in this particular limb. And there's also, you know, part of that tools of teshuva is that our sages said, how many, how many fasts will be needed in order to do, so to speak, the therapy to heal that particular limb? Then there's this third aspect. Because they had the... Um, this particular limb is also integrated with other limbs. So every Aveda affects all the other limbs as well. And the Rebbe says, we, we can say this because we know even we go further. We say that every Aveda person does internally also affects his corresponding levels in the world. So if, if what we do internally can have also a negative influence on the world, so certainly what a person does internally has a negative influence not just on the limb that he's involved in, that did the particular Aveda, but his whole persona because he's part of one integrated person. Therefore, part of Darkya Tshuva, part of the paths of Tshuva, is not just to leave what he's done, but he has to also change his entire demeanor, he has to change his entire behavior, because even though he did one particular sin that affected one particular part of the thing, but his, that weakened his whole, his whole general integrated persona. Okay, paragraph 7. So the Taylor speaks in generalities and in, in generalities and in details. In every one of these three concepts that we spoke about, in other words, the teshuva, there's the teshuva the way it's, um, the way, you know, the, the sin affects, the effect, the immediate effect of the sin and the immediate ability to walk away from that. The teshuva, the fixing of the blemish, and then the fixing of the person in entirety, really there's all three things in each one of those things. Let's, let, let's drill this down to our point. The amount of fasts that's been given for a particular sin. It's got to do with a particular blemish, right? Okay. So there's three aspects of this individual blemish as well. When we unpack, when we look into it, when we zoom into it. The explanation. Because all the limbs are incorporated one with the other, so it comes out that in every limb there's three aspects. There's the actual essence of that particular limb. There's the limb, the way it includes in itself all the give and take from other limbs. And then there's the way this limb projects and is part of the other integrated outward in the other limbs of his body. So we understand that the blemish in this particular limb is got all three, we have to fix it in all three ways. Paragraph 8, we could say that the violation, that the blemish in the actual essence of this particular limb, that becomes, that rectification gets done immediately by the first time, uh, sorry, that the blemish becomes total that actual limb becomes totally blemished 
the moment he does the sin the first time. And nothing really, it doesn't really change when he does it another additional times because he's done all the damage already the first time at that level. Then we talk about, we talk about the damage that's done, the blemish that's done to the, to the other limbs that are incorporated, so to speak, in this limb. That's only by the third time. The third time, as the Alter brings from Zoya, <coughs> saw the third time, so to speak, it's like the stain goes from side to side. In other words, it's been totally steeped and totally um, saturated with sin. Three times will totally saturate the, this particular, this limb with, in, with sin, and it incorporates all the other limbs that are incorporated in it. And then we have the way this blemish affects all... Uh, um, all the other limbs outside of it, because the other limbs also are related to this limb that's in. So then, um, it would seem to be that their level of effect is, they'll never be totally saturated, because it's not the actual limb that's in, but every time you do the sin, it gets more and more blemished. Those limbs that are only integrating with the limb that's in. So this is the opinion, this will explain the three opinions. All three opinions, remember, are the words of Hashem. They all, they all teach us something. They, in other words, the argument about if you sinned, a particular sin, do you have to fast once, no matter how many times you sinned it? Do you have to fast three times if you sinned it many times? Or do you have to fast as many times as you did that sin? Those three opinions, they're not really arguing. They're talking about addressing three concerns or three rectifications of this particular blemish. In order to fix up the actual essence of the limb one time fasting is enough. The, 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 the blemish was caused through one time sinning and that level of blemish is, doesn't matter how many times you sinned or didn't sin. You moved from, so to speak, white to black. Now to move from black to white, one time fasting is enough. In order to fix the way this limb, the way it incorporates the other limbs, could be if you did this sin many times, it's totally, you're totally steeped in it, it's saturated, you've got to do three um, fasts to get rid of that saturation. However, and could be, that this is why the Alter Rebbe says that what the way we, um, what, what's, ex- what's the accepted agreement about how to deal with this machlekes is to at least fast three times according to the amount of fast prescribed for this sin. Nonetheless, even though he says, we don't know if you should do it once or as many times as you sinned, he said do it three, but within that three, the first time is most stringent. So the first time, try and fast full days of the amount of days prescribed. The next two times, you can take a leniency, which is join two half days, make them as a one day. It's much easier to fast a half a day. So if you fast two half a days, consider that as one day. Fasting two half days is more is easier than fasting one complete day. When it comes to the first time f- filling the amount of fast, he says, no, no, do the full days. So in other words, we see that al Tareb is saying that the clearly, whatever, in all according to all opinions, that first sin, and therefore that first fast, is going to be taking care, is the, most, uh, is the most impactful for that particular limb. Paragraph 9, you could say, as this is also um, why the Alter Rebbe chooses to use this example of wasteful emission. Why does he choose this example of sin? When it comes to the seed of man, the Rambam says, the more that the body gives forth of seed, so his energy wanes and his uh, um, his body degenerates his energy degenerates and his uh, limb and his and his life degenerates 
So from that we understand that in the sin of wasteful emission, there's more in an open way how this sin doesn't just affect the particular organ that's performing the sin, but it has an effect in all the limbs of the body. And also how each time that becomes, the blemish becomes more. That's what Al-Tarebbe says. For example, Al-Tarebbe gives the example. For example, somebody who has the sin of wasteful emission, because through bringing this example, all we understand now the three opinions about why we have to fast, about the amount of times we have to fast, because there's an effect also on all the other limbs. Paragraph 10. Before the Ramam says about this, the, the, this, the concept of seed of man, that the more that the body gives forth, the more the body degenerates, and the life becomes also de- degenerates. First he says that the Sheikh Fazera, that the seed of man, is the it's the energy of the body and his life. Which means that the fact that it has such an effect, the fact that the, the, the seed's emission has an effect on the body, is as a result, an outcome, from the fact that it's the power of the body. It contains within it the energy of the body. That's a potential for future life. We can say that the fact that seed is the power of the body is not just because of its essence, the fact that the, the seed is, is, is the energy of the body, and, therefore, and it incorporates all the, all the vitality of the body, But really, the fact that it incorporates the vitality of the body, that's not its actual essence. Its actual essence is something higher than that. It's a tipa, it's a drop. It's a quintessential point, higher than, than any form. And that's got to do with the quintessential, the, the essential point of the soul. That's why what gets transmitted through that is, 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 is all, all the limbs are incorporated therein. And because it's something that's just a drop, it's got to do, it corresponds to the, 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 the existential point of the soul, that's why it has in it all the kaya chaguf, all the energy of the body. Uh, these concepts are a little bit subtle. And I'm not sure, I mean, I'm sure that I didn't do justice to them. Sorry. Paragraph 11. This we understand, we're talking about the sin of wasteful emission, that the stringency of this particular sin is relevant in all three levels, as we said. From the fact that the drop of seed is, incorporates also the energy of the body, and it has an effect on the entire body, so there's a blemish to the other limbs, the way they are incorporated in this limb, and the way they are also in their place. And this is going to be a more stringent effect than with other sins. And because the, uh, there's, a, there's a blemish in the actual, because the, the blemish in the actual essence of where the sin took place is, in this particular sin, is more than in other sins, because this, um, because this sin is, is happening in, with something that's, actual, with, that's actually the existential energy in other words, this is a sin that has to do with mamish, the, the, the actual chayas of the body, and corresponding to the actual existential point of the soul. So that's why al brings this, because this kind of is, is the most vivid example how, how this effect happens, and therefore how we need to walk it back with fasting. Paragraph 12. Again, fasting in those times. In these times, the Rebbe says, walk away from fasting totally, except for those prescribed according to Shulchan Aruch. Paragraph 12. Because this will understand why the Al-Tabah brings three opinions about this. You have to fast either... Um, he brings three times the example of this particular sin. 
when he says that there's an opinion that you have to fast according to the amount of fast that you violate, the amount of times you violated, he says, for example, the sin of wasteful emission. When he says that the way we actually, the accepted way to do it is to fast three times, he says, which that would mean 252 fasts for three times, 82 for wasteful emission. When he says a third time, everybody who's pious should at least do it one time, he says, for example, somebody who had wasteful emission should at least fast 84 fasts. The reason why a person has to fast, the, it all fits into this particular sin, we see it more vividly. The reason why a person has to fast according to the amount of times that he sinned is because through this particular sin, we know that there becomes a blemish in all the other limbs, the way they are in their place. The fact why we have to fast three times, because we talk about total saturation, which affects all the other limbs, the way they are incorporated in this limb that's in. The reason why you have to do it at least one time is because the actual stringency of this, of this um, violation, of this blemish, is in the actual essence of the limb that sinned, as we said, and that's why for that it's one time. So in all three things the, the best way to explain it is by bringing this example of wasteful emission that really vividly portrays the blemish that's taking place not just in that particular sin, but in all the other parts of the body as well. Paragraph 13 According to all this, we'll also understand why in the example that Alteb brings, you have to fast according to the amount of times that you fasted. He doesn't say 84 for each time, or something like that. He says 10 or 20, and so ongoing. Why? Because fasting many times, according to the amount you you think, that way you fix all three aspects of the blemish. When you fast the amount of fasts the first time, so you fixed what you violated in the actual essence of that particular limb. Through fasting the additional two times, you fix the saturation that's there in that limb, the way it has all the other limbs. And by fasting all the prescribed adla elam as many times as you as as you as you violated you fix the blemish the way it is in all the other limbs in their place and that's why the Al-Tareba gives three options 10 20 and forever because these three levels bring out these three things how is that paragraph 14 it's explained in Chassidus when we talk about the fleshing out the body of the letters so you have to understand there's the actual letter and then there's the letter the way they're fleshed out yud if i write yud i can write let's say y you know, if I write Y, just one letter. If I want to spell out the Yud, it has to be Y-U-D, Yud. But the, the, the fleshing out is only when I want to say it to somebody else. For me, it's just Yud. It says Yud. So therefore, um, this fleshing out of it is already the way it goes down to the next level, the Vav and Dalit for others. Nonetheless, that Vav and Dalit is incorporated technically in the Yud. The Yud incorporates the Vav Dalit. But it's incorporated in, right? I only need to flesh it out when I say it outwards to somebody else. So it's not the essence of the letter, it's something additional to the letter. Oh, now we'll understand a 10, 20, and forever. 10 is the Yud. And that's like the essence of the drop. That's like the actual sin, the way it affects that essential limb that's doing the sin. And that's in this case, in the wasteful emission, that goes to the actual rectification of the Yud, the Yud being the Chochmah, the blemish that was made in the brain. 20, that's already spelling out the Vav and Dalit, that already is fixing what's included in that Yud. In other words, the other limbs that are included in the brain, the full body, right? That's included in 20. And forever, as many times as you've seen, you have to do uh, fast for that rectification, that already is fixing all the other aspects of the... Um, of the limbs that were affected outside of this particular limb. 
Now we'll also understand why when the Al-Tarebbe speaks about fasting one winter, he only gives the example of Eser. He doesn't speak about 20 because um, the Al-Tarebbe is speaking about fasting in, a, in, a, in, a, in, in the winter. The shorter days, he's talking about being pious and trying at least once to do the prescribed fast. So in that level of doing it at least once, you're just fixing the actual essence of the place the sin was. So the Yud, just the one letter, just fixing that Mecha that's all you need there. You don't, we're not talking here about fleshing it out and dealing with the saturation of the other limbs the way that it's incorporated in that limb. Again, it's a, it's a bit of a, a technical sikha, but um, very important, especially I'm taping it here in the days of Rosh Hashanah Kippur. To understand that teshuva is a one is a is a one motion going forward, and about all these sins, the Rebbe said, particularly in our generation, don't look back. This kind of trying to fix what you've done in the past is something that can drag a person down. There is room for it and place for it, but in our days, especially where where we need to move forward so quickly, the Rebbe said in many letters. You can research this in many letters. The Rebbe said, don't look back and try and deal with the past. Jump ahead. Go forward and do what Teshuvah really is, which is the resolve to move forward in the right way and moving forward in the right way. Because there's a danger, someone can get back, you can get depressed by looking at his past and so on. You can get bogged down in perhaps going back and re-examining the past and actually remembering the enjoyment he may have had in, in a sinful mode. So the Rebbe said, don't forget our generation is a generation where many people have come to realize that they had, sin, that they had many mistakes they didn't even know about. Right? I'm not talking the time of the Al most Jews were by default observant Jews. They knew at least the way they're supposed to behave, at least in an action. Anyway, so the Rebbe says our generation needs no fasting, uh, lot, loads of tzedakah. The Rebbe said we have to give tzedakah with abandon. That's what we really have to do. And um, not go and dwell in the past, jump into the future. And of course, everything should be with simcha. Our Aved is teshuva from a simcha place. Ah, good year. A fantastic year.